Silent night, holy shit, this movie's bad, Daniel, I quit. You are listening to the Scare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the terrifying consequences for your sick and twisted amusement. I did not realize that you were going to go a wassailin. <laughs> In your intro. In your intro. Come on. Well, I brought all these street urchins with me to sing. I was wondering, (laughs) but you know, you do bring a lot of urchins with you, various urchins. Some of them are street urchins. Yeah. A lot of urchins. Corky's Urchins Foundation. Hey, everyone. As Corky said, I'm Dan Barnes. And on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. Then we review and rate them on our unique system. A run of the mill bad film, we rated a dare. We give a double dare to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're doing something pretty, pretty special. We are reviewing a movie that we've discussed since the inception of this podcast, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which is the fourth and final film in our Scare Daniel series for 2019. It's over. It's uh, it's done. Feels like it just got here, and now it's gone again. And we're taking down back. the Scare Daniel decorations. They're all coming down. We're putting They're up the, <laughs> the Christmas day. <laughs> okay, Thanksgiving. I was going to skip things. But before we get started into the review, Daniel's going to tell us about the beer we'll be drinking during the show. The beer we have today, it's a collaboration beer between Urban Roots, which is a great Sacramento brewery that we know and love, and a brand new brewery. They're not even open yet. Wow. Uh, called Slice Brewing in Lincoln. They may actually be open by the time this Oh yeah. By the time this uh, releases. Uh, this is a West Coast double IPA. It's called Urban Slice. The can is actually made to look like an old slice can of soda yeah. from back in the day. It has Mosaic Simcoe Equinot. And German Amarillo hops. It is a eight percent alcohol by volume, double IPA again. West Coast, so you got the big piney, citrusy flavors coming up. Corky, what do you think? That's fantastic. Not a so bad. N- this is like okay. <laughs> First, I want to tell you though, <laughs> not a so bad. German Amarillo is a good German <laughs> hops. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bootleg beer, so it's already like up a notch in my because right. the place hasn't opened. <laughs> but this is fantastic. Yeah, I love stuff. this. So the brewer at Slice, the the guy who's the co-owner head brewer there, I cannot remember his name as we're doing this. I should have done some research, but he used to be the head brewer or or one of the main brewers at Moonraker in Auburn, ah. Auburn, who we've had on the show. Yeah. Had their beer and it's fantastic. So this is like a hotly anticipated brewery coming out in Lincoln. Nice. So now, before we get into our scare Daniel review of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, we are going to read a couple of our listener dares. Our listeners have been sending these to us at daredaniel.com. You can go there and click the Submit a Dare button, send us your dare. We'll read it on the show, and maybe we will review it on a future episode. Our first dare comes to us from Heavy Hitter. This is Marco C, baby. Marco Cabote. Yeah. We got some Bodie heat coming in here. (laughs) 
Marco Cabote. What are some of Marco Cabote's greatest hits? Cutthroat he's, Island. He's cutthroat, I mean, yes, on, right? right? Give he's it up. A little, little applause. Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. Perhaps the worst movie we've done. I have. Uh, it's right up there, yeah. down there. What do you got for us? He's got some more Mia Jovovich. Uh-oh. Pretending to run in front of a green screen for <laughs> us. Because he's got a resident evil movie. He doesn't want us to watch the first one. He wants us to watch one of the five sequels. Okay. To Resident Evil. He wants us to watch 2004's Resident Evil Apocalypse. Resident Evil Apocalypse. Although in the Mad Max universe, it should be noted, it's known by its alternate night title, Resident Evil Pocky Clips. All right. Um, that is just shadows on a cave wall. Sure. <laughs> Important <laughs> to make that distinction. Told by feral children. <laughs> yes. This is a film. Starring <laughs> movie star Mia Jovovich. Uh, why, Marco, do you want us to watch Resident Evil Pocky Clips? No, this is Apocalypse. 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 This is a different one. He says, since you both so thoroughly enjoyed Ultraviolet, I figured I'd dare you another from the Mia Jovovich action movie Ouvre. The original Resident Evil is no masterpiece, but it's competent enough. With its sequel, however, I believe the listed editor for the film is Woodchipper. <laughs> Marco Gabodi. Like Ultraviolet, there's a handful of ideas that probably sounded good on paper that were filmed incompetently and edited so obnoxiously that every scene is a deflated mess. Good adverb use, Marco. But unlike Ultraviolet, Mia Jovovich has to fight a silly-looking stunt guy in a rubber monster suit as zombie hordes moderately annoy our ragtag team of heroes. The acting is terrible across the board, but to this day, my friend Brett and I will talk about Resident Evil Apocalypse's loving tribute to Ms. Piggy from the Immortal Classic. The Great Muppet Caper. <laughs> I'd watch this, and there is a scene, I guess, at the end of Resident Evil Apocalypse where she rides a motorcycle through, <laughs> just as Miss Piggy does, like a glass uh, in that- a church and does a flip and then kicks some people. Like it's, it's like almost shot for shot, like right <laughs> from the Great, on Muppet-, the great Muppet Caper. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So that sounds pretty darn good. IMDb synopsis says Alice wakes up in Raccoon City Hospital after the city has been overrun by zombies. Alice must now make it out of the city before a mucilage bomb, that's a thing, is dropped on the city. So thank you, Marco Cabote, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Thank you, Marco. You bring the heat. Our second dare for today is from Buck Williams, great name, and his movie dare is the Left Behind Trilogy. These movies would be Left Behind from 2000, Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force of 2002, and Left Behind 3, World at War, which does indeed co-star Oscar winner Louis Gossett Jr., and there is also a Nick Cage version of these movies. Why did Buck Williams, again, fantastic name. You should be playing third base with that name, right? Somewhere. Or porn. Why did Buck Williams, porn star third baseman, (laughs) Darius's trilogies? He said, did you know there's not only three different versions of Left Behind, but Kirk Cameron did a trilogy? Left Behind, colon, the movie. Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force. And Left Behind 3, World at War. How can you pass up the horror of another triple episode like you did with Fifty Shades? <laughs> There's got to be some kind of rapture beer, right? My apologies <laughs> to your livers. The IMDb synopsis for the first film only is, The biblical prophecy of Armageddon begins when the rapture instantly takes all believers in Christ from the earth. A reporter left behind learns that the Antichrist will soon take power. That sounds pretty exciting. It does. I've never seen any of the Left Behind films, not even the Nicolas Cage version. Me neither. 
I and did I not d- know there was a trilogy. I love that Buck Williams. There's a beer to match. Yeah, there's right, a rapture yeah. beer to find match. A beer for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and giving us ideas for trilogies. I like that. I like. I it. like it. No, it's a good one. I should say. I think it was maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert, but I believe for Christmas this year. We will have a Kirk Cameron movie. Mm. I don't believe it'll be a Left Behind movie, but we will have a Kirk Cameron Christmas movie. That's a tease. That's what we call a tease in That's this business. That's a straight tease. Thank you, Buck Williams, for your dares of the Left Behind trilogy. And thank you to everybody sending us dares at Dare Daniel. You can submit your dare on the Submit Your Dare page. When you see George C. Scott wincing in pain, wincing in pain at watching his daughter in a porno movie, right. you will know you're on the right page. Yeah. Or you're just into some really weird shit. Or you're just, yes. Or you're having a fever dream. Your kink is George C. Scott wincing. (laughs) And man, that's cool, baby. I buy it. Hey, baby. I'm into it. That's cool, man. I've seen Angus. (laughs) So today's dare, the main attraction is Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Now, this didn't come to us through the official channels. No. This came from inside the house. This came from inside. This was- terrifying kind of dare. When we started this podcast, I said- I want to do this movie sometime, maybe for Christmas, yeah. maybe something like that. And that was a long time ago. A this long is episode time. 51, I think. Yeah. This is about Son almost two years ago, right? Yeah. So uh, the reason I w- wanted to dare this movie, let's the IMDb synopsis for this movie is the now adult Ricky talks to a psychiatrist about how he became a murderer after his brother, Billy, died, so which weird. leads back to Mother Superior. <laughs> This presumes you know a lot about this family's history. I know. And it's funny because the movie assumes that you know absolutely nothing to the point that it will include most of the first film. This movie is like a 1.5 as opposed to a 2 because it it just shows you the first movie. Okay. So, let me get into why I want to dare this movie. So, I was not a horror movie fan as a kid. I didn't really watch them. But um, I had a neighbor named Marty. And Marty had a house which was one of like those second homes you were Mm. at that house so much when you were growing up marty had a bigger family than i did and it was the first time i had to learn about like sharing watching schedules like Mm. we all didn't get their own tv so you had to watch what somebody else (laughs) wanted to watch so he wanted to watch silent night deadly night part two (laughs) i watched it and even as a kid i was like judgmental and (laughs) and pretty shitty about stuff (laughs) watching it even as a, I, I could not have been any older than 11, but I was like, this is the first movie that I know this. That's not this movie. Yeah. They're just showing frames of this. <laughs> and this actor, I can't physically watch this man perform his craft. It's something else. It's, it's amazing. There's no performance like it in history. Yeah. So that movie has stuck with me all these years as being one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And yet one of the first times I actually was like, I like talking about this movie because it's so bad. Yeah, absolutely. Before social media, before memes became a thing, I talked to people and all you had to say was garbage day <laughs> and people knew if they were in the know, right. it was like a celebration. High five, shirts come off, sure. we're lighting fireworks, you know, it's, doing cartwheels. It was amazing. <laughs> Classic Rio <laughs> Yeah, so Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 from 1987. That is our movie today, but we're going to start as the film does, with Silent Night, Deadly Night, released in November 1984. That film, which a lot of people don't remember, it was a very notorious movie upon release. It's what I would call a powder keg of controversy. (laughs) Sure. I'm going to go ahead and just TM that. 
You're Power gang of controversy. Yeah. It inspired protests from PTA, uh, the PTA, and from parents groups. Outrage condemnation from film critics. It was a kind of a small scale hit in its first week of release, but it actually got pulled from theaters. That's- because of the controversy. Which, but all that did was thus ensure people want, went to see this oh, and gave us several sequels to this movie. That's yeah. all those people did. It was actually re-edited and re-released with a different advertising campaign in 1985 that focused, the ad campaign focused on the controversy. There you and go. And not on images of Santa and more <laughs> about like, here's this controversial. Here's crazy women with They don't kids. want you to see us. <laughs> There are actually four sequels to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and there was also a loose remake called Silent Night, released in 2012. However, the film we are talking about today, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2, different director than the first film. Directing credit here goes to Lee Harry and Joseph H. Earl. These were editor partners who were actually asked to take the original film (laughs) and recut it into a new movie. But nobody backs Lee Harry into a creative corner. He fought for his vision and got, I don't know, 60% of it on the screen. <laughs> 25 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is footage from Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's bananas. With narration over it to explain it. I mean, it's like flashbacks, but it's a half hour yes. of flashbacks in a 40-minute span. Most of Lee Harry's work is as an editor of movie trailers, which is strangely appropriate because yeah. they're just taking existing footage and cutting it in a, <laughs> a new sort of way. They're putting a narration over it. <laughs> That's about all it is. Film was released on June 1st, 1987. It earned 154000 at the box office against a budget of 100000 There was just Silent Night, Deadly Night fatigue at that point. I think so. It was just too uh, prevalent in the culture. We had had Santa (laughs) as a killer enough by then. Film has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Only six reviews. Corky. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Corky. The comparisons, I think, between this film, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and a film that we reviewed for Scare Daniel last year, which is Sleepaway Camp. Sure. I think there's a lot of parallels there. They were both discarded in their day, but resurrected by a new generation that appreciated them as comedies, whether that was intentional or not. Did this one entertain and impress you as much as Sleepaway Camp did? Oh, absolutely, and worthwhile to talk about. And kind of does blur that line between what is good and what is bad. Is this good? Is this bad? I mean, because it's awful, but man, it's really good. Am I enjoying it because I'm just (laughs) enjoying its awfulness? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think there's some amazing moments here. It's not quite for, it doesn't have quite the same level, for lack of a better word, of artistry as Sleepaway Camp did. And it does fall into what I think are some conventional slasher tropes, where Sleepaway Camp kind of takes that and just blows it all up in your face. It's a great point. At the same time, it's way more fun than almost anything we've ever done. It's infinitely more accomplished and competent a piece of filmmaking than an American werewolf in Paris. Exactly. Which was made for $30 million. This was made for 100000 or whatever yeah. it was. I mean, give me a break. So, yeah, it uh, at the, f- the first half is just absolutely insane. After a while, I realized, holy shit, like this is just the movie right (laughs) like it really is like one of those flashback episodes from family ties where they're like remember the time that santa raped mommy they all get locked in the freezer or they're 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 locked in the basement they're looking through old photos and shit oh this is mom dead on the highway the time billy committed a bunch of stabbings uh yeah so it's kind of amazing like we're actually reviewing both movies pretty much 
which kind of nicely stretches out your entertainment dollar. It's, yeah. I'm sure it would be annoying if I had actually seen Sleepaway Camp and liked it, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the, it seems like that's a distinct. The other thing that really worked against Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is that in using Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original, it shows you how much of a superior movie that right. is yes the, the acting is better the the direction is there better there seems to be some kind of point of view to it yeah, yeah. there's actually like a fleshed out story yeah. and thought process of it <laughs> not this movie no they're just like here you remember this good movie we're gonna tack some shit on yeah. that not so much so speaking of blurring the lines between great and terrible we should just talk for a moment about eric freeland uh freeman freeland freeman freeman freeland yeah, no it's freeman i think it's freeland as ricky Everything he does is so over the top. It's so unnatural. And yet it's like strangely effective. You know what I mean? Because like he really does seem insane. Here's the thing. He has these dark dead eyes. Yes. He has a lantern jaw. He has a rectangle head. He has eyebrows that do not stop moving up and down. I tried to replicate that of talking and moving your eyebrows. I physically cannot do that. I don't know if that's an acting choice on his part. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's kind of insane, but it's kind of great at the same time because you can't imagine anyone else doing it. So to me, I, it recalled Tommy Wiseau from the. Oh, it's, it's, it's inimitable. The, it's, it's one an of those. Por- yeah. yeah, I left it out of my. You asked me to explain why I wanted to dare this movie. I left it out, but the thing that made me not be able to watch this as a kid was his eyebrows. Yes. Oh my god! At minute four in this movie. <laughs> Begins the eyebrow dance. Yes. It, they do not stop. They no. move independent of each other. It's like a ventriloquist dummy's eyebrows oh, where one can go up and sideways. And and they don't move like normal times when you think somebody would move yeah. their eyebrows, right? They move all the time at anything. Yeah, he has no reaction to shocking things. Yeah. Then like a, a wild eyebrow uh, seizure to uh, things that just seem very normal. He's whispering and his eyebrows are bouncing like <laughs> Simone Biles. It. It's, it's crazy. physically impossible. All right. Let's get into the movie. All right. We start with the usual ominous horror movie music. We got blood red credits. And we talked that we said at the beginning that, you know, they they had to kind of stretch this movie to like get it to feature length. It's like 88 minutes right now. Yes. Like we said, a half hour of that is reused footage, okay? But they still had to stretch it. They still had to get enough movie in there to get it to feature length. A lot of the stretching happens during the opening credits. There is six minutes of setting up a microphone. That's true. We have like four microphones here. It took Johnny like two minutes. It takes six minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You get a real-time setup. Is this like a Lav Diaz movie? Or like a pitch-a-pong beer Sethical direct this 1980s slasher movie? All right. Uh, you get the credits that say Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Interesting trivia. The original title, working title, was Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> I love it. Do you they know really what the original working title of Silent Night, Deadly Night was? Uh, Santa Slay? Slay Ride. Ah, I was close. Right. <laughs> uh. But I like how they flipped the script and went Part 2 instead of just 2. Right. It really lets you know what you're working with. It's like, this is Part 2 in a saga. It's saying, this is part of a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this microphone being set up. We see this man in a mental institution. That's Ricky. Uh, I guarantee you his name is Ricky because he could not learn a different name from Eric. (laughs) (laughs) They're setting up this reel-to-reel recording machine. Uh, and this man in a suit comes in to interview Ricky. He tells the orderly, who seems kind of scared of uh, mm-hmm. of Ricky, to 
get out, you know, get out. This guy we find out is Dr. Bloom, the man in the suit. He tells Ricky, I'm your last chance. Ricky, he's a little argumentative, though. Would you say he's uncooperative, Quirky? I would say he's disinterested <laughs> <Yes>. and hostile. <laughs> hostile. To the doc. And yelling at strange times. These are all very close close-ups on people's <laughs> faces. You can see Cassiopeia and Orion in his pores. <laughs> so Ricky calls this guy a pencil neck piece of shit. And are you, maybe you think people don't use pencil neck as an insult anymore. Not since is classy it, Freddie Blassie. Is it not an insult for someone to have a very skinny neck? <laughs> it, it is. That I can snap like a number two? Pencil neck piece of shit. <laughs> you pencil neck piece of shit. It's also, we should know that this is December 24th if this is all happening. Yeah, they says. say this date December 24th. There's all this kind of quasi hard-boiled dialogue. Like uh, the the doctor wants to interview Ricky, and Ricky tells him, "It's your dime, yeah. Doc." <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. He asks, God, "Who killed Dashiell your parents?" Hammett, man, yeah, that, that's that, amazing. That is, that's fucking beautiful. So the doc asks, "Who killed your parents?" Finally, comes around to that, and he says, "Santa Claus." And this starts the quote-unquote flashbacks, which are just scenes lifted wholesale <laughs> from 1984's Silent Night, Deadly Night. So we see the scene, if you've seen the original film, where essentially his parents are driving home. Billy is Ricky's older brother. Ricky is a baby here. Uh, I mean, not like a more than baby. six months. Yes. And yet he has memories. Yes. He... <laughs> memories of this later, like, drive him insane. Hold on. Ricky's memories? Ricky's memories of the first movie? Do not matter if he's a baby or if he's even at the scene yes. or if anybody who could have told him what happened is at the no, scene. There are, not. There's a clip of cops driving around <laughs> that are one of Ricky's memories. It's about I remember that. But he does say Billy told me everything. But he later like, actually has the memories. I mean, yeah, you want to think the movie's going for something here. But really, it's just, I mean, it's really incompetent. Yeah. So anyway, there's a, a man in a Santa Claus outfit by the road. All the, the Little Billy's excited about Santa Claus. There's a man in a Santa Claus outfit. He stopped by the road. He flags them down. This guy turns out to be a psychopath who, like, shoots the father. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. Rips the mother out of the car, is about to rape her. Get the first of many women with their blouses ripped open. Yes. That happens repeatedly. There is a theme of this happening over and over where essentially, like, yes, someone will be trying to attack a woman and they'll be briefly fought off, but then something even much more violent and horrible happens. So anyway, yes, she fights him off, but then he kills her. Uh, and then runs and tries to find Billy, who has run and hid. And then this guy, like, takes off. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. So his pa- Billy's parents were killed by Santa Claus by Santa. on Billy Christmas Eve. witnessed it all. And Billy saw the whole thing. So now we go back to another flashback. So this is the flashback at the orphanage. Now Billy is, like, a little bit older. He's at the orphanage. He has this Santa Claus death obsession. Yeah. There's two nuns. <laughs> there's the bad nun. That's Mother Superior. Mother Superior. And there's the good nun, which is Sister Mary. Again, Ricky is remembering all of Billy's memories from This is all Billy. Nothing there, happens to Ricky. There's in no the Ricky in the no first like Ricky. in the memories. Yeah. But essentially, Billy has your classic sex equals death origin story, <laughs> which is like he sees some people having sex in the orphanage. Mother Superior breaks it up and punishes yeah. Billy and punishes the people and says that sex is wrong. And this creates a very obvious link of sex equals bad equals shame equals punish. Which I actually thought was pretty good for an origin story. Even it's trashily done yeah. and it's gratuitous. It's really showed you why this guy ties sex and violence together and Santa Claus. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And he finally gets it into his head 
through Mother Superior, quote, punishment is good. Yes. So Mother Superior, like, spanks Billy. She's <laughs> a very voracious discipliner. And <laughs> Ricky says she was naughty. But Ricky is reenacting Billy's spanking for the doctor. Yes. It's ridiculous. He was not there. He didn't know anything about that. But each thrust that Mother Superior is giving Billy. Yes. She was naughty. <laughs> and the doc asked Ricky... About if he dreams. Please give me the line, do you dream, Ricky? (laughs) Do you dream, Ricky? I don't sleep. (laughs) Yes. Every line is with that cadence and delivery. But Billy, Billy relives it in his dream. So let's go back to Silent Night. Sure, we'll just cut right back again. (laughs) Pop right back in there. Just a little narration on the audio to paste it over. Seamless. Yeah, Billy is reliving the murders in his dream. Mother Superior tries to get him to sit on the lap of Orphanage Santa. He clubber langs the fuck out He's of Orphanage He's got a left Santa. cross. He does not want to be near Santa Claus. That kid he also threw drew it. a drawing in class where he not only kills Santa Claus, but actually reheads a reindeer. Like, Blitzen what did had the reindeer? an innocent. What did they do? <laughs> they didn't do nothing. It's a goddamn animal. That's maybe a red flag worth of the Santa stuff. I'm like, <laughs> am I crazy? Santa killed his parents. Right, reindeer no, didn't do shit. <laughs> Wasn't a reindeer there. At this time, we cut back to the interviewee. The doc, his tape runs out, and Ricky's disdain for this doc's tape running out is just palpable. He's <laughs> he is not going to be tolerant of your tape running out. Doc has to switch the reel to reel, and uh, Ricky proceeds to go back to the first movie again. Back to the first movie. So Billy's now eighteen. Gets a job at a toy store. Thank you, Mother Superior, and her sadism. I mean, she just keeps forcing him to be like with the toys and Santa. He goes to work at Ira's Toys, (laughs) which is shot at this place where the storefront is all painted with this really terrible Christmas scene, just so they didn't have to show you that it was an abandoned store. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he gets this job at a toy store where he is forced to dress up as Santa Claus for Halloween. And there's this kind of amazing scene where this girl is on his lap and he's like, Stop fighting. That was really kind of terrifying. You're, gonna be na- you're being naughty. Uh, and all the parents are like, oh, he's so good with the kids. And the kid is like frightened. These fight. kids are horrified. So, Santa just told them they're going to die. But you say he's forced to wear the Santa outfit. I got to say, later on at the Christmas party. He's just still wearing he's it. He's still wearing it. He's still wearing it. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's like acting like, oh, man, I got to be Santa. But he was still wearing <laughs> he it. He really has. A lot of opportunities change. He probably wears it <laughs> under his work uniform. <laughs> So it's at the party that night, the the Christmas party for the employees that the classic slasher sex punishment murders yeah. start. So there's two employees. They go into the back, boy and a girl, and they're having a makeout session. But they hold make- on. Yeah. This, this is amazing because this is so cheaply done that it just kind of – there's a paper printout that says stock room, right? Employees only. The guy talks the girl into going back there. Billy follows them. And he comes through the door. There, this is a darkened warehouse at a toy factory or toy store. There's Christmas lights just above the door, and they string off to nowhere. <laughs> like somebody was like, uh, "Let's get festive in here." We just put one small. But we strand. got one small string of ten lights. Put it in a weird angle. <laughs> Half of the door will be covered. So they go back there. They ha- they start making out, but then. The man, she starts resisting, and the man, like, basically turns into an attempted rape. She fights him off a little bit, but then Billy comes in from behind, grabs the guy, and strangles him to death with Christmas lights. Yeah, because it's the same move that he saw Santa do to his mom, rip the blouse, be on top. 
Yeah, so that drives him absolutely insane. He strangles it, but then the girl starts freaking out. He's like, what the fuck did you do? Kills her, too. Yeah. And then just starts a killing spree throughout the entire story. He kills the owner. He kills the other woman who works in the cashier. He's just stalking people throughout the store. Her death is pretty funny. The the other woman who's at the store, after he comes out of the back, he's wandering through. They're playing a little cat and mouse. She just jumps out behind a wall of boxes. There's no way she could have walled herself in behind those boxes to do the dipsy doodle no on the hat box. <laughs> And then she runs to the door with an axe and is going to break it with an axe. Yeah. But he shoots her with an arrow. Bow and arrows are. Uh, so Ricky continues that uh, Billy, quote, punished the bad ones. So we get more sex equals death scene. Yeah. The movie's There's gone. another man and a woman making out. They're it's gone three minutes heavy. without boobs. Yes, so right. the movie's like, nope, throw so another boob shot. Here comes some boobs. Uh, she gets out of bed because she no. hears her cat. No, it's not bad, Daniel. They're about to fuck on a pool table. <laughs> Like no human no ever. One. You you want to know how many STDs you would get from fucking on a pool table? <laughs> pool tables get STDs without anybody doing any sexual activity on them. People just embed them in there. <laughs> she gets up, puts on her Daisy Dukes. She doesn't put it on a top on and no. goes out in the snow to let her cat Certainly in. Certainly not. Yes. <laughs> let the cat in. But it's not the cat. It's Billy. It's Santa. And he picks her up and impales her on deer antlers. How did he know they were being naughty inside? Uh, sex equals naughty. I guess. Yeah. He's just come to believe. But know, anybody was doing any, they could have been eating, you know, Stouffer's and he would have killed them. <laughs> naughty. So we just keep dipping back from the asylum. We'll go there for like 30 seconds. And then again, it's just like a flashback episode. And then we'll pop back to another scene. So we see a dad in a Santa suit almost gets shot by cops. How does Ricky know this scene? How does Ricky have this memory? How does he have this memory? <laughs> Maybe this happened. Doc. Uh, Billy I'm going to tell you three truths and a lie, Doc. You got to pick which one. It's an improv game. Billy decapitates a sled-stealing bully with an axe. Hey, this reminded me, again, of Sleepaway Camp, where we had the almost real-time softball game. Mm -hmm. This was just a, like a three-minute sledding scene a for a while. Yeah. Jaunty music. They had some bullies stealing a sled. <laughs> it was a sled jacking that went on. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ricky tells the doctor, we go back to the orphanage, that I could squash you like a bug. So there's that. He also says, maybe we're just jerking off here. Yes. The doctor, his retort is, if you say so. <laughs> and then Ricky goes back, you're good, doc. But I know all the moves. <laughs> this isn't dialogue. Everything he says is so fucking random. Yeah, it's, it's so random. It's, it's just hilarious. words said to part people. It's not dialogue. It's yeah, not a real conversation. Like, insert this here. Yeah. Is, but I, boy, does he sell it. Does he <laughs> sell it. So Billy's going to go to the orphanage for revenge. We're dipping back into Silent Night, Deadly Night. We're still doing that. But yeah. Barney Fife, the cop, comes in and just shoots the wrong guy. He <laughs> shoots the deaf pastor who is dressed up as Santa Claus for the children. He's coming in. All the children see him. Whammo, 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 whammo. In the back, kills this deaf pastor. In front of a playground full of children. And he is mildly apologetic. <laughs> More annoyed. Yes. More annoyed. That you would bring it up. Like, really? Really? He's just hanging around. That's, I was like, you just shot like the, like the pastor of the church. Now you're inside the church going like, hey, everybody, calm down. I'll keep you safe. He's inside the church. He almost goes like, I'm sorry if you're offended by that. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I'm out there on the front lines every day. Uh, a, so he's just going to hang out for their safety. He goes outside, almost immediately gets killed. Yeah, but we see a montage of him pointing his gun willy-nilly as he enters <laughs> and goes into every room. This guy just shot an innocent man. Yes. Dead. But Billy gets him, and a child... The doors are all locked, but the child sees Santa at the door and lets in Billy. Billy goes to Mother Superior and says, Naughty. Prepares to axe her, pulls up the axe real big over his head. Finally, a competent policeman walks in and just shoots him in the back. Was that guy even a policeman? Uh, who, I mean, <laughs> we don't know. We, right? We're only seeing. He's wait until the axe is over his head. Like, you didn't need to just shoot, like, <laughs> the. Deaf pastor was just walking to give a kid a handshake. It's like, hey, kid, put it there, buddy. The cop's like, I wanted this to be at the most dramatic moment in front of this room full of children. This music says, now. <laughs> so Billy goes down. He's dead. He looks at the children and says, you're safe now. Santa Claus is gone. Then Ricky, child Ricky. It's like the first time we've seen Child Ricky since he was a baby. Right. He's not in any of the other flashback scenes. He says the last line of Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is naughty. Right. And he says it to Mother Superior. That's the end of Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's the end of the, the flashbacks. flashbacks. For the most part, it actually comes back again later. <laughs> That's true. But we do go back to the asylum. At this point, I realized that like... It's like, what, 15, 20 years after the events of the yes, movie? Right? Like, this is the thing. So it starts with Ricky as a baby. Yeah. Ends with Ricky as like a full-grown adult. 28? That's what I think. I mean, they say 18 at one point, but then it's obviously, I mean, whatever. He's in his 20s, let's yeah. just say, right? So at least 20 years have passed. Maybe 25 years have passed with literally no differences in fashion nope. or technology. Cars, nothing. nothing. has changed. <laughs> no differences. What time is any of this happening? Now. Yeah, right? It's all now, man. It's just <laughs> happening, man. It's just a weird happening, man. Yeah, but it was like, the, it's like 20 years after the events of this movie, and it's like, you're still using a reel-to-reel tape recorder yeah. to record this conversation. Those were old school in 1987. <laughs> when the fuck is this movie? He gets adopted by Mother Superior out to a couple named the Rosenbergs. Yeah, so this is Ricky now starts flashing back to his own story. To this his is own new footage. Shot with a home f home video. <laughs> Very poorly. But yeah, this is all new stuff now, but Who's it's still going to narrate. Who's shooting those home videos? <laughs> yes. Who's <laughs> shooting it? Yes. Professional videographer hired to do it quite poorly. To capture them driving around. <laughs> He's uh, 12 years old. He's out with Mama Rosenberg, and he gets very troubled by the sight of nuns mm -hmm. walking towards him and has all these memories of the murders of uh, Billy getting murdered. And he's very troubled at school and everything else. But we see his family doesn't give up on him. This adoptive family, they decide they love him and they're going to, they're not going to, they really care him. about him. They actually really do. Yeah. yeah. And it, he's able to kind of suppress it for a while. The other thing that I noticed you say, like the time difference, the mom's shoulder pads in her dress <laughs> are straight 19. It, it's like Brian Bosworth. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> Christian Okoye had smaller shoulder pads. So Ricky's no older than, I want you to remember this. Ricky's no older than 15 or 16 at this time. The actor playing Ricky has a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> yes. And there's a, it's not Ricky. It's not the adult Ricky. Yet. No. This is a different Ricky. It's, there's like three other Rickies. It's a grown man playing a 15 year old kid with frosted tips and a five <laughs> o'clock shadow. 
But yeah, Papa Rosenberg dies. Yeah, Morty Rosenberg, RIP. Morty Rosenberg, he's Dunzo. He's worm food. So it comes out, the repression, it ends. So Ricky starts murdering people. Uh, and he tells the doc, I've never told anybody this before. And the doc says, let it out. And Ricky says, here it comes. <laughs> His eyebrows <laughs> did like uh, anaphylactic shock in the <laughs> in that delivery. <laughs> They almost bounce off his head. I'm just going to say it. It's amazing. So Ricky is out just wandering around after the funeral. He's just wandering just around wandering out like of nature yeah. and comes across another scene where it's a man and a woman making out. And they're making out. They're into it. But then the man goes too far. She resists. And it suddenly turns into an attempted race. Same thing. Man on top. Rips man the blouse top, open. Rips it open. Uh, and Ricky has these memories of a murder that happened when he was a baby. <laughs> the ones that happened when he was like eight years old, I could totally, I guess I could see that. He flashes like, back to a murder that he was a baby for. But I got to say, they were the, the couple that's out there picnicking, they're drinking Tecate. And then before the guy starts, <laughs> Tecate could not have been happy with that product placement. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Ricky uh, now has gone crazy. Because again, he yep. has all these triggers, and now he's he's gone insane. So this guy goes to his jeep to massage his sore testicles and to get a beer. Yep, Ricky's in the car. He's in the jeep, and yeah. boom, quabam, runs him down, runs him back, but then him over. back forth, back forth, and the girl sees this. She just sees the car going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and sees Ricky leaving and thanks him. Yep. Unlike some of the other, uh, you know, women who attack Billy or, or attack uh, Ricky later. Right. She's Every- like, I'm cool with it. And Ricky's like, oh, all right. Yeah. He takes off. The cuts back. Doctor's notes. Yes. Red car exclamation Real- point. <laughs> so the doctor looks up. At, it's like, what? what? Point of view shot. Ricky's not there. Ricky pops in from the side frame and says, going too fast for you, doc. <laughs> looks at his notes. Red car. Good point. <laughs> Is the movie owning its shittiness at that point? It's so fucking amazing. He looks up and is like, where is he? You're in a small room together. <laughs> Look to the left. <laughs> I think that's where he is. The doctor has no peripheral vision. That's his He's backstory. Like, you didn't know that. Huh? What? <laughs> red car? Oh, but Ricky. But oh. why did he write red car? Like, what is the point of that? Because later on, a r- another red car. Remember the red car? Oh, in the garbage day scene? Chip. Chip's oh, car. Oh, Chip's car. I yeah. thought, that, okay, shit. No, I didn't remember that. Right? <laughs> yeah. A little spoiler for y'all. So, more recapping now. Ricky's now played by Ricky. Played by Eric. Freeman. Last name redacted. And like Billy, he's got another dead-end job. He's a young man, but he's working some shitty job. He's working... Taking out the garbage at some restaurant. At the Shea Ritz. The Shea Shea Ritz. Ritz. He sears a noise that, quote, sounded like some squirrel getting his nuts squeezed, (laughs) end quote. Uh, So he sees this loan shark, this gangster, who's just shaking some bum down and is like, you owe me money, but I hope you don't pay because I like beating you up. And he just beats him up, beats him up, beats him up. You know this guy's a gangster because his name is Rocco. His name is Rocco. (laughs) (laughs) He's wearing a trench coat as well. As Rocco is leaving, he kind of bumps into Ricky and and, and try to get, tries to get tough with him. Ricky apparently has super strength. This was not set up, but he has super strength because this guy punches and punches him. The bow, the blows just glance off. He feels nothing. Ricky picks the guy up. Yeah. Just picks him up over his head, grabs an umbrella, which is nearby. It starts raining. 
And Ricky stabs him with an umbrella. Yeah. Puts an umbrella through him. But the coup de gras. Open the umbrella, <laughs> which is covered in viscera. <laughs> Ricky's wearing a white shirt with a white apron. Not a drop of no, blood or guts is on him. But yeah, this guy gets killed with an umbrella, with an umbrella going straight through his entire body. And then there's this long shot, about two minutes long, of the camera just slowly dollying in on this viscera-covered umbrella as rain comes down. On rain it. five feet in front of the camera starts yes. pouring. <laughs> right? There's no rain behind that. It just looks like a single hose. <laughs> yeah, somebody it's held like, a hose I got a garden it. hose. Wait, <laughs> if I put my thumb over the thing, there you go. But you're, you're right. That's two minutes of that shot. It really is, yeah. So now we go back to the asylum, and the doctor is like, holy shit, he did not know about these murders. That's not why Ricky's here. Not for killing some dude out in the middle of a field not for stabbing a gangster with an umbrella and then opening it and spreading his guts all over the umbrella no he's in there for something else and ricky says you're getting real close so the doctor says tell me about jennifer and ricky says eat shit (laughs) but he does admit jennifer the only thing he ever cared about. So we get the soft, tender flashback. And doc, the doc throws out a picture, which is an obvious headshot from it's this actress. Like, can we get a photo of her? I, nope. I love when movies headshot? do yeah, this. So I good. love when movies use obvious headshots. Yeah. Jennifer is the only thing Ricky cares about. So they have their meat cute when she basically runs him down in a parking lot. Almost runs him over. Yes. And then gets out and giggles about it. He does. And he's charmed by yeah. it. It's a reverse cool as ice. Yeah. Basically, right? It like, it's some kind of a vehicular incident, but it's kind of sweet. Yeah, it is. But this time she's the psychopath because she is like backing out on his motorcycle. She just goes in to take his parking lot and you're like, you're driving forward. There's no obstructions. No, You can yeah. see there is a man there, right? Like she does that on purpose. <laughs> she is a psychopath. Then there's a, a little montage of them dating and the, I love the uh, the symbolism of them driving into a tunnel. <laughs> And then cut to them in the bedroom. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know what tunnel means. Sexing. It's a very tasteful side boob and butt shot. It, I was tasteful. It wasn't in her contract to do full nudity at that. Too time. tasteful for my taste in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Full bodies movie. pressed up against each other. Yes, uh, and it's his first time, and he thought it was hers too. Uh oh. <laughs> so now we get back to back. I would say the two great sequences yes in this film yes and they happen just Absolutely. back to back this movie for about 10 or 15 minutes becomes the most amazing thing i've ever seen in my fucking if you life didn't, so if insane. You, you would think it, they were trying to do a parody of this yes. you know what i mean but by how they play this so we go to a movie theater do the, is it a movie theater daniel <laughs> it looked pretty authentic to me. <laughs> Did not look like someone just put some chairs against the wall. It, it has those things on the wall like your classroom had in elementary school with all the little holes in the different tiles. Oh, my it's God. a very well lit movie theater, yes. so you can see everybody's face while they're watching a movie. Absolutely, yeah, not dark at all. Not dark. No, the root, the ceiling is at eight feet. Sure. <laughs> get a good like sound a, that way yes. a real good sound so yes jennifer and ricky are at the movies they're <sighs> watching a trailer for a movie called chaos chaos the movie which just is like non-stop violence and ricky is watching it and he's like super he's into it super into she's it. like what is your whole deal there's a real shithead in the back row of the theater <laughs> best performance in the holy movie. crap 
<laughs> Holy crap. So this guy is just like yelling things out. Right? Yeah. Like he's just yelling things out. He has like a friend with him. It looks very like embarrassed. Right? He's like slumping in his seat. But like they're complete opposites. Like this guy is really tiny with the the embarrassed guy is tiny with a mustache. Yeah. The asshole is like, seems like a giant. Yeah. With like a big head and frizzy hair. And he's very wild and very loud. Loud, boisterous. <laughs> he's like throwing popcorn on the guy. He's like, can't even describe how amazing this performance is. But yes, he is an asshole. But it's at this moment that Jennifer just starts telling Ricky how much she likes him. Like the movie has started, right? Like, yeah. This guy's not the only person who was yelling things in the middle of the theater, right? Like <laughs> she starts going into like their relationship and all those kind of things. Ricky's like, what is this movie about? Again, the movie has already started and he's asking what the fucking movie is about. What is the movie about quirky? It's about a killer Santa on the loose. This blew my fucking <laughs> mind. <laughs> This blew my fucking mind. I was like, are we going to Charlie Kaufman this bitch up in here? Is this a movie within a movie within in my head? What the fuck is going on? No. It's just another way to shoehorn in 90 seconds of footage from Silent Night, Deadly That's Night. Exactly so they what just show earlier scenes of the crazy Santa who kills Billy's parents <laughs> robbing people and doing shit like that. But- that's the fucking movie. The movie they're watching is Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's yeah. just fucking, that was amazing. <laughs> Ricky actually does freak out a yes. little and runs. He takes off. Yes. And that's Chip's time to shine. <laughs> so we see a shot of Jennifer sitting there now alone watching this movie. And like always happens in a movie theater when you want to see somebody <laughs> and talk to them, somebody you recognize, he pops up from yes. behind Covers her, her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and she is casually disinterested to find out chip ugh yes so chip is just the asshole yeah he's the asshole of the area he's the rich kid he's the snob we come to find out they've had sex chip took jennifer's virginity how do you know that though because he reminds her of it that he'll tell people right away yes it just comes right up he's like a, a bleach blonde he's a real piece of shit i mean this guy is is overacting on all the same levels that yeah. that Eric, a last name redacted, is is hitting. Meanwhile, Ricky goes in the back and murders the obnoxious moviegoer in this amazing scene where he's like leans over and the camera's like his friend, and then it finally leans over and it's Ricky. Yeah, and Ricky kills him. They, they cut back to a scene where it's just the, the obnoxious guy's feet and popcorn is flying <laughs> up. Like when Ricky's murdering him, he's throwing popcorn yes. up or something. And they just glance over and are like. The reaction to that. That's normal they at a movie theater. their conversation. So, yeah, they keep going on about that. Chip's date pulls him away. Uh, and then Ricky just is on the other side of Jennifer right now. And she's like, I, I want to go, you know, because the Screepo was just sidling up beside her in a movie theater. And, he, and uh, Ricky says, I'm beginning to like this picture. <laughs> so, very next scene, Chip and Jennifer are just walking down the street. Yeah. Planning a romantic getaway. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go out and do something romantic. We're just going to walk around. And there's Chip. Hey, Chip they, again. They somehow suddenly walk by Chip's <laughs> walk house. Right by Chip, who is out front. In his Letterman sweater. Yes. With fix, a red car. Fixing his red car. That's right. I didn't catch yeah, that. His red car has, uh, obviously, the battery is dead because he's got his battery uh, chargers out. Sure. So, Chip. Right away, because Chip's an asshole. Yeah. Chip's just an asshole. His name's Chip. His name's Chip. He's no good. He spills the beans about him and Jennifer. Ricky freaks out. 
grabs oh, the battery charger before before this the way chip spills the beans about her he says maybe we can do something maybe we could go on a hayride you know where i fucked your brains out <laughs> that's that's just chip being chip that's <laughs> like that went to like subtle hinting at to just fucking driving it home so ricky goes fucking nuts yeah he takes the battery chargers and shoves them in Ricky's in Ricky, uh, Chip's mouth. Chip suddenly has sunglasses on for some yes. reason, <laughs> so the effect can work. Yes, uh, yeah. So he's getting electrocuted, turns up the juice, and finally his eye just pops out through the glasses because he put the cables, the jumpers on his teeth. Exactly, on his put the jumper something. cables yeah. in his mouth. Yeah. So he he electrocutes, and he just says punish, and then she goes, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> like whoopsie <laughs> like a little cloud of dust to be like Yikes. And stuff, yeah. <laughs> but no he grabs her and pulls out the car's radio antenna and strangles her with it yep. he kills jennifer r.i.p jennifer but luckily literally right there Having made no noise to come up on them is a security guard with his gun drawn. And his hat is sideways like Mike Cameron. (laughs) His hat's cocked. He's a little little cocky, this guy. He's got a little panache. So he comes up and he's like, I'm going to kill you. I know how to use this thing. Hee haw, hee haw. And he walks up and like all good people proficient with firearms do, he puts a firearm directly to his face. That's right. Get in physical contact. (laughs) Absolutely. Get within arm's reach right away. So... Obviously, Ricky just whammo, grabs the gun, pops him right in the head, shoots him. Guy's dead. He picks up the gun and just starts this amazing rampage through the neighborhood, maniacally laughing yeah. the entire time. Well, like maniacally laughing and, and then, then not laughing. Right. And then very stone-faced killer psycho. Yes. You've probably seen, if you're a bad movie aficionado, you've seen this vin- video on YouTube or something like that. And it is uh, the performance of a lifetime. It's amazing. He's yeah, just walking down the work, center of the, the street. The music, everything is just stunning. Stunning. Yeah. I'll put it up on the on the show uh, post on A guy Dare comes Dare out of his door in a, in a jersey says what's all this goddamn noise <laughs> ricky just fires across a, a street with a revolver yes motherfucker <laughs> and he does have the infamous garbage day line oh. where a man is just taking out the garbage well he's not even taking out the garbage that's a weird thing the garbage is already out yeah he just picks up the garbage and moves it like three feet to the curb right uh, at which point Reveal uh, shot. Ricky shows up and says, garbage day. He shouts, garbage day. Through the trash can. Now, that stuck with me. That was the thing that stuck with me. Garbage yeah. day. Because it's so fucking random. What? It doesn't, like, that comes from There's nowhere. no pun. There's nothing to it. There's this nothing is, triggering. There's a guy taking out the garbage. Garbage day. Boom. Yeah. And then there's Dead. a slow motion shot. Yes. This man flies backwards. <laughs> oh fuck but no that's not the end of the rampage it Mm -mm. keeps going a car is now coming at him he shoots at the car shoots 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 the car swerves and hits a ramp a very conveniently placed construction (laughs) ramp it's disguised as a ramp shaped mound of dirt it flies up lands fine it's fucking the fucking pinto scene from top secret all over again (laughs) it just fucking explodes into an inferno into a goddamn inferno just blows the fuck up um 
But no, Rampage not over yet. Not over yet. In my notes at one point I wrote, this is still happening. Yeah. Like it just goes. It there, just goes. There's a part where a little girl rides his bike into him yes. and you're supposed to go, oh, but it's he's like, no, that's okay. Yeah, he's, she's, so cool. he's she's an innocent. Although he didn't really care when he shot the drivers of those cars like, who Kareem could have went anywhere and killed that, that little guy girl. Who just popped out of his house. Yeah, he's not he's sure. Yeah. Or the car you shot someone driving a car, they could have hit an innocent. <laughs> Uh, he walks right in more maniacal laughing he's just occasionally just ha 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 like just stone face insane stone face walks right into a roadblock these cops roadblocks they're all ready to shoot and then he turns the gun on his (laughs) himself and suddenly these guys are like suicide prevention counselors each cop cop pops out of their car with the gun drawn on ready to throw down we're gonna fucking kill you man we're gonna take you down he puts the gun to his head don't do it you're a fool you're a fool you got so much to live for (laughs) Don't do it, pal. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like you were just ready to shoot this man yeah, who's murdered several people. And Ricky is ready to kill himself and end it all, but click didn't get the shots. Was empty. So we go back to the asylum. The story is over. He's wrapping up a story, but we see that Doctor Bloom has been choked to death with what? The real to real tapes. Ricky hates that tape. Does not like tapes. So. We now hear sounds only. I I just didn't have the money to film this. Yeah. We just hear sounds of Ricky escaping the asylum and people going like, oh my God, he's loose. Ah. (laughs) So he just leaves. We just hear sounds of mayhem. He's gone. He's taken off. He's out of the asylum. So Sister Mary shows up. Sister Mary from the first one. She's the good nun. She shows up. She's now helping the detectives. They kind of realize, oh shit, he's going after Mother Superior. Okay. Mother Superior... Sister Mary says, like, oh, Mother Superior's retired. She's not going to be at the thing, right? She's retired. She's living on her own. She had a stroke. Mm. Okay. Billy, again, in a sounds-only scene, encounters a Salvation Army Santa. Ricky. Ricky does. Yeah. yeah. Ricky encounters a Salvation Army Santa, steal, murders him, steals the suit, makes a phone call. We kind of go up to see the phone call, and he says, Santa's back. And on the other end, it's Mother Superior. Who she did not have a stroke. I don't know what the fuck happened to her face, but she did not have a stroke. She's got like smallpox or something. Like she has the bubonic plague. It, it's like her when face is utterly malformed and like it has large black in Braveheart when Robert the Bruce goes to visit his dad and his dad's hidden <laughs> yes. under those rags. That's what I think it's to hide. It's a different actress. Okay, that's that's going a long way. Well, why did they say she had a stroke? I don't know. It's so bizarre. Like, why is her? What is happening with her face? And they didn't try to hide that Sister Mary was a different actress. Right? Like, yeah, they don't but, give a shit about that. But I love what Mother Superior is watching on TV. Because she turns on this, her small TV and it says, <laughs> live to the traditional Christmas. This is the traditional midnight Christmas parade <laughs> from 1965 because it is not a current Christmas parade. Yes. And she grumbles at the at the parade. They've made a travesty of the sacraments. <laughs> Meanwhile, she lives at a house with 666 as the address. She lives at 666 Hell Symbolism House Lane. Way. <laughs> so Ricky comes right through the door. 666, baby. He's in his Santa gear. He's ready to kill Mother Spirit. He's ready to finish billy's job yes. from the first movie do the what billy can do and kill mother superior a retired nun in a wheelchair a retired nun <laughs> in, a, in wheelchair. a wheelchair with like i think she's done her worst yeah so he busts in and says mother superior i've got a present for you 
uh, chases her around the house, kind of Jack Torrance's the through a few more doors. The layout of this house is baffling. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's just nonstop doors to break through. There are shots where he's all the way down a hallway, but then he comes through and <laughs> it's on a landing of a stair. <laughs> and he says, I love a good chase. And then smashes the television. He's about to kill her. She's at the top of the stairs in her wheelchair. Yeah. He swipes she, a stunt person in a nun outfit, falls down Flings the stairs. Flings himself down the stairs. He misses, hits the wheelchair, gets stuck, and says, I'm really mad now. <laughs> <laughs> that chair, and so he cannot get that axe back out of that chair. Yeah, know, this is the, the only thing that's baffled him. Zeal, yeah. He killed a whole. He super strength. He shouldn't even know where she is. No. She's retired. There's no way for him to he know. He knew her number. He knew her number. <laughs> Knew her address, knew everything about her. But he cannot pull that axe out of that wheelchair. And it's because <laughs> in 1987, all wheelchairs came with axe-proof seating. This, they don't do this anymore. This is the old school. Because wanton axe murderers were always going after old ladies. Those were the days. It was the 80s, man. That and Culture Club, 1980s. That's what I think of. That's true. So, yeah, they're, he's chasing her around the house. At a certain point, she starts taunting him. She, she starts talking shit. <laughs> she starts getting into him. She's like, you must be punished. Finally, he comes in behind her, and she tells him, as he's ready to kill her, you are being naughty. Yeah. His reply, naughty this, <laughs> and kills her. Naughty this? What? I, I liked when she was talking shit though, because she was like, "Sister Mary, don't start none." <laughs> <laughs> Sister oh, Superior, Ma- <laughs> that's right. Get it right. Oh, she God. was still a you don't want none. <laughs> she was definitely in that. But uh, he says naughty this. He whacks down. But the cops and Sister Mary arrive on the scene. Are they too late? Nope. There's Mother Superior. She's right there on the table. This Sister is hilarious. Mary approaches. Hey, Mother Superior, you okay? Is your plague all right? Is uh, the black plague Mother okay? Superior is just sitting there, She's just sitting there staring very, off in the distance. And then all of a sudden, blop, head falls off. Right. She faints. Ricky pops up. Where was he? <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> Behind her? I don't know. He just pops up. Uh, and he has an axe. And he yells the immortal line. Yes. <laughs> That's a Halloween thing. What? That's his <laughs> line. You didn't say ho, ho, ho. Boo. Raises his axe. Cop shoots him. Oh. Coming again. Boom. Shoots him. Raise the axe again. Shoots him. Boom. Through a glass door. Down he goes. We go back to Sister Mary. She wakes up. She's fine. She just fainted. She just fainted. But she sees, wakes up, and what's right next to her? Severed head of Mother Superior. She screams. Ricky smiles. And then the final image of a Santa glove with a knife yeah. slashing to the screen. Right. Uh, kind of a potent image. At the very I thought end that was the most frightening image in the whole movie. It was, right? Because you're just like, oh, well, movie's over. And then yeah. all of a sudden, slash a roo. That was pretty good. Very uh, great train robbery. Just uh, <laughs> a... Uh, Action for the sake of action, violence for the sake of violence. The woman with her head cut off, the uh, mother superior sitting there with her head cut off, reminded me of the snowman. Because there's no blood. Her head got cut off, somehow cauterized the wound instantly because there's no blood dripping down. It just sits perfectly like like her head wasn't cut off. (laughs) Touches, head goes roll, 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 roll. But no blood. No blood. No, no blood. open wounds, anything like that. Yeah. So that, That's, my friends, is Silent Night, Deadly Night, 
part two part and two. by association, Silent Night, Deadly Night, because we basically watched both movies. Yes, we did. Corky, final thoughts on this film, 1987, Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two. If you're a bad movie fan or if you just like to see a, really a tour de force performance by someone who should not be on screen acting, right. you have to see this. Absolutely. Eric Freeman takes the cake for a performance that <laughs> is memorable for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But all the right reasons at the same time because, again, it, it's – Again, I kind of go back to Tommy Wiseau in the room. I mean, it's terrible, but it's also like it, it wouldn't be what it is without that performance. No, absolutely. Because it's it's possessed. It's, it's what psychotic. I remembered. Yeah. It's what it, it, it's uh he really does seem insane. Nothing he is saying or doing follows from any sort of a logical place or any kind of place of decision making. Whereas a lot of portrayals of an insane person go into a very sort of a logical sort of a place and there seems to be a process to everything that's happening in their heads this is like no fucking process nothing <laughs> complete fucking nonsense uh so yeah let's wrap this up and let's give our ratings run to the bill bad film it gets a dare next level bad movie double dare and a movie that we actually kind of like reverse dare quirky rating for silent night deadly night part silent two. night deadly night part two i'm giving you uh a part double dare i'm giving you double dare on this movie it, it but it's one of those emphatic double dares <laughs> it's a this is so bad watch it and have fun with your friends at how bad it is it's terribly made uh it was shot over two days sure. <laughs> the scenes of the, of the ricky and the doctor the whole movie was shot in 10 days because you only had to make like three quarters of a movie to make this movie <laughs> just to see uh, a really bugged out performance and laugh at it with your friends Double yeah there uh, which is why i'm going with a reverse dare nice way more entertaining than any of the so-called bad movies that we're doing and it's just so much more to like chew on too i mean and part of that is that i don't know silent night deadly night seems kind of weirdly interesting at least in the way that it, it really actually does try to get in its character heads, and then part two comes along which is later in the same movie and oh my god it's just so over the top and i will put the scene ricky's rampage i will put that scene on daredaniel.com so go to the post and view that even if you don't give a fuck about this movie right or movies in general that sequence needs to be seen you have to like, see you that. have to watch that it's like the the paul rudd mac and me thing right somebody should champion this scene <laughs> absolutely always show that on your reel yeah i'm right there and you know what this movie apparently it did actually somewhat the fact that it became this kind of sort of bad movie uh cult bad movie kind of resurrected eric freeman's acting career he did start acting again oh no every isn't it a wild world we live in have you seen him in anything else no apparently he was on two episodes of in living color back in the day i'm going home and i'm looking those up go right on imdb now. they they tell you what sketches they are too <laughs> oh in living color in living color i was thinking uh, i don't know i was living, thinking living single <laughs> that would be even better <laughs> I'm going with a reverse dare. I think it's uh, that's awesome. Entertaining is entertaining. I don't want to give. I, who cares? Intent. I don't, what the fuck do I know? I really like that in our scare Daniels. We've pulled one at least that one of us gave a reverse dare to. What did you give a reverse dare to? Uh, well, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, and as I did too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I mean, I didn't in the original episode, but in one of our mini episodes, which you guys should go check out and listen to our yeah, mini go episodes. Back and listen to the mini episode. I recalibrated my ratings and gave that a reverse dare. Cool. So that is a reverse dare and a positive double dare. Yeah, for, one of one of those emphatic <laughs> double dares. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Two. That's all we have for you on this episode of Scare Daniel, the last in our Scare Daniel series. 
We're going back to our usual release schedule, so we will be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com, and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on all of the podcast channels that you listen to. You can read more of Miami reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Corky. Yeah. Where can people find more of your dirty, dirty, dirty work? Well, I've got a gig as a terrifying Santa at Iris Toy Store in sure. North Wobegon. And that's just a good gig. Yeah. And where I just sit there and I stare intently into kids' faces and say, sure. you're being naughty. <laughs> And the parents just love it. Absolutely. The parents just, they come back for more. Oh, look at him. He's so good with the kids. <laughs> come down to the Sacramento Comedy Spot, take classes with the C-Shows, have some fun. Sounds fantastic. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny Chris Kringle Flores. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, come on, I got it, I got it, I got it, right? Hit it. Garbage day! <laughs>